Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to spend the whole show at one of the largest crises in American history, the southern border. That's right. What is going on there is a security and a humanitarian crisis unlike anything we have seen in American history. Lives are at stake. Security is at stake. The reputation and the ability to be a law and order society in America is at stake at what's going on at the border. And today we're gonna to bring in two amazing guests, two amazing guests. First up, Brandon Judd. He is a frontline border patrol agent. He's also the president of the National Border Control Council, the union for border patrol agents. He's gonna to react to the fake news false story about the border agents allegedly using whips to keep those immigrants who are fleeing the border away from horses. He says they're not whips, they're reins, and the tactic that is used was sanctioned by the Homeland Security Department, including under President Biden. In other words, they're not whips, they're reins. They don't touch anyone with them. They create a distance of space so that the migrants don't walk into the path of a horse and get hurt. So it's designed to protect the migrants. We want to ask Brandon Judd what he thinks about the false portrayal of those photos by the news media, by the White House and Jen Psaki yesterday. Big story coming up in a few minutes on that. Also, we wanna to talk to them about what the agency, are they really giving great advice that is getting ignored by the Biden administration? This morning, we had a letter by the former Border Patrol uh, Chief, Chief Scott, and this is a letter that Senator Ron Johnson made available to us. It was sent recently to the leadership of the Senate. It makes extraordinary allegations and statements. This is the guy that worked for President Biden. This was President Biden's Border Patrol chief, the top uniformed law enforcement officer on the border. And he wrote Congress saying, one, the Biden administration is intentionally ignoring career advice on how they could stop this crisis. Two, they're violating the law. Three, they're lying to Congress and misleading Congress. And four, they are putting national security at grave risk. He said it would be easy for a hostile power, a terrorist, a criminal enterprise to cross the border and carry out a negative option against the United States because the Border Patrol are overwhelmed by the crisis that the Joe Biden administration created. We're going to ask Brandon Judd about that, and then we're going to ask Senator Johnson why that letter is so important. How are people reacting to it on Capitol Hill 
two very important stories, the border. Check out the video we did last night. It's on our site still. You can literally see what it looks like under that bridge in Texas where more than 12,000 illegal aliens have gathered with the hope that they'll get snuck into the country under Joe Biden's policies. Two great guests coming up right after this commercial break. First, Brandon Judd, the Border Patrol Union's chief and also a Border Patrol himself. And then Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. Two big guests, lots of news. We're going to break news on the show, so buckle your seatbelt. All right, we'll be right back right after this commercial break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest on the front lines of America's border crisis. Joining me right now is a real Border Patrol agent and the president of the National Border Patrol Council, the union for all of our brave Border Patrol agents, Brandon Judd. Brandon, great to have you on the show. I I really appreciate you having me, and I really appreciate your listeners and, uh, you know, the intelligence that they bring to the conversation. All we want to do is have an honest conversation, let your listeners uh, form their opinions based upon all the facts, not just what the liberal media is telling them. Um, Get all of the information, then base your opinions on that. Yeah, that is so important, and our, our listeners and our readers love that. Why don't we start there? Just what is the situation on the border this month? What are the key facts of that situation at the border right now? Well, the main thing that we have to look at is is what brought us to this point in the first place. And when you go back to the Trump administration, whether you like President Trump, dislike President Trump, we look at the policies. And and President Trump's policies were extremely sound on the border. Uh, They allowed us to dictate where illegal border crossings took place. Um, The policies allowed us to drop illegal immigration to 45-year lows. I often get asked by congressmen, do do I need more technology? Do I need more manpower? And I can personally tell you that policy is what I need. And that's what President Trump gave us. He gave us the policy to help us control the border, and then we did the job that was necessary. And uh, what is your assessment? What is your members' assessment of the policies that uh, President Joe Biden has given your same team? Because of Joe Biden's policies, we're seeing an uh, an increase in illegal immigration that's never been seen before. Uh, We go back to, you know, the the, I'm going to refer to the liberal media. I apologize for that, but we have to 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 have that honest conversation. Um, the, the media will often say that you know, this is the, the largest crisis uh, in 21 years. That, that's not true. This is the largest crisis ever. Right. When you compare calendar year to calendar year, uh, we've never had as many apprehensions in one calendar year. Uh, they, but they'll often refer to fiscal year. Well, the fiscal year, three months of that fiscal year was, was under, under Donald Trump. Trump. Right? 
Yeah. Exactly. So those numbers <laughs> were down. Those numbers were down during his during his three months. And so, yeah, if you uh, if you compare apples to apples, um, this is the the highest number that we've ever apprehended in any calendar year. You know, we were two months running um, over two hundred thousand apprehensions, and on top of that. Um, there have been over well, right about one million people have been able to enter our country illegally and and are now in our country and they're staying. That's but that's between the got the known gotaways and the people that we have released with yeah. NTAs or NTRs pending a court proceeding down the road. So you know if you look at IRCA of of 1986, Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986, the last time there was an amnesty, one of the only things President Reagan did wrong. But the last time that we had an amnesty was back in 1986. So it took us about 35 years to add 11 million people, illegal um, aliens, to our, our population. It's taken President Biden less than a year to add 1 million people to our population. That's an astounding number, and it clearly shows um, that there's nothing but failure in his policies as it, as it pertains to border security. Yeah, such such an amazing thing. And and let me ask this question, because I think people, I don't think anyone, unless you've been on the board and you visit and you've worked alongside incredible agents that work there, what sort of stress are your colleagues and you under? I mean, you guys are working long days, there's chaos at the border. And uh, I, I just want to know the human toll that it takes on these extraordinary men and women that work at the border. A lot of us are working six days a week, um, more than 10 hours a day. And it's simply because there is a job that has to be done. And as, and as defeated as we feel on the inside, we still know that we have to go out and do the best that we can because our desire is to protect the American public. You know, law enforcement, when you look at the, the whole narrative behind defend, defund police movement, you know, it's, it's very disappointing simply because those police officers, law enforcement agents like myself, we put on that uniform with a desire to protect the American public, and we go out and we do the best that we possibly can every day just to see our politicians come back and call us bad, um, call us mean. And, and, you know, when there is one bad apple, take care of that bad apple. But do not paint every single one of us in the same corner. Um, otherwise, you know, we will be defeated. We will feel defeated. We will, will not want to put that uniform on. Um, but we still do it. We still go out and we do the best that we possibly can out of a desire to protect the American public. There was a letter sent uh, by the former chief of the Border Patrol, Rodney Scott. He obviously retired last month. He didn't say these things so much when he was in office, but he sent a letter to the Senate leadership over the last couple of days, and he's made some very strong allegations. I just want to bounce these allegations off you. The first is that career people have given sound border security recommendations, policies that would stop this crisis immediately, and they are, quote, being ignored and stymied by the Biden political appointees, he says. Is that consistent with what you're, you're hearing on the ground? It is. In fact, if you look at right now what's happening in, in Rio Grande, uh, I'm sorry, under the Rio Grande um, I'm sorry, Del Rio Del Bridge. Rio, yeah. If you look at what's happening under the Del Rio Bridge right now, um, DHS was warned that, the, that this was going to happen. Um, they were given advice to build a temporary outdoor processing site similar to what's in McAllen, Texas right now. And had they have done that, we wouldn't be in this situation right now. And, and you got to understand why that's so disappointing. Right now, we are pulling all of our resources to that bridge. The border is wide open in Del Rio right now. 
Um, more than 200 miles of border has minimal coverage. Minimal agents are out there patrolling right now because all of our resources are focused on the bridge. And had DHS back on June 17th, when they were warned that this was coming, when they were told this is what you need to do, they failed to do it. Now we have this crisis um, that completely could have been averted. So when, when, when Chief Scott, Rodney Scott says that, you know, sound advice has been given, it has been. It has been. And political appointees are absolutely ignoring all of the sound advice that has been given. So tell me about June 17th. What was that advice? What was that warning? Did they know that a Haitian uh, 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 crisis was on the uh, Haitian immigrant crisis was on the horizon? So we're not clairvoyant. We didn't know that it was going to be Haitians. But what we saw is we, we saw this huge uptick in the number of people that were crossing and heading directly to, to the bridge and congregating under the bridge. Now, when they do that, they're, they, they want to be taken into custody. Um, they're crossing the border illegally. They're not trying to evade apprehension. They right. want to be taken into custody because they want to get that notice to appear. They want to be released um, with a de facto immigration status because with that status, they can now get work permits. They can get driver's licenses. They can send their children to school. They get all of the benefits of a United States citizen um, and and frankly they're being rewarded for crossing our border illegally so what they were doing is they were congregating under the bridge and we saw these large numbers starting to congregate very similar to what happened in McAllen Texas in the Rio Grande Valley Um, and so the uh, DHS was told look this is coming these these large groups are starting to come here we're going to see more and more and more we need to prepare um, for when the really large groups come uh, and, and they didn't prepare. And, and again, that's why we're in this situation. Unreal. Literally having the intelligence, the know-how and the solution to solve it and, and letting it go. I, I know it's hard to divine other people's intention, but you've been around a long time. You've worked this border. You've worked for multiple presidents. Uh, what is the motive of a Homeland Security Department of a Biden administration to allow this to happen uh, when common sense solutions are there, the law is there, it's not being enforced? What is your assessment why they're taking these steps? So this is going to be strictly speculation on my part, sure. um, but I think that it's, it's pretty sound if you, if you look at the, the, the people that are currently in office in DHS. So the all, all administrations, they have the right to come in and they have, have the right to um, put in political appointees in jobs. And if you look at who, who the political appointees are in DHS, um, they're very, very liberal um, uh, advocates. Um, they come from groups uh, that, that are very liberal, open border um, advocates. And so anytime that happens, they're going to try to dismantle all of the law enforcement apparatus. They're going to try to encourage um, illegal immigration. And that's exactly what we're seeing. They are rewarding people for violating our laws. They cross the border illegally. They're given an NTA released into the United States. That is a reward for violating the laws. Instead of having a consequence, they're, they're being given a, a reward. It is absolutely stunning and remarkable. Now, you talked about the demonization that goes on of law enforcement. I grew up in a law enforcement family. I've seen it, though, never at the level that I've seen it in the last couple of years. Uh, There's this photo out there alleging that uh, CPB agents on horses were using whips to round up uh, Haitians. I want to get your response because you know the truth of what really was going on in the ground there. So there are very few things that will boil my blood as bad as the White House directly coming out and condemning an action before they know what happened. 
Jen Psaki came out yesterday and she condemned these actions when in reality it is a legitimate law enforcement action. This was meant to protect the illegal aliens. What happens is, is we have to keep those individuals away from the horses. If they get too close to the horses, the horses could step on them. They right. could break bones. They could kick them. They get kicked in the head. It could cause death. We have to keep these people away from the horses. And so what we do is we will twirl the reins. Nobody was hit by those reins. They're not whips. They're reins. They're, right. they're, they're used horse to reins, control right? the horses. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so the, the reins will be twirled to keep people away from the horses for their protection. So, of course, this is, this is exactly how the defund police movement works. Um, you, take, uh, you take photos, you take a 15-second video of something that happened over, over a period of 10 minutes, and you, you take those very small clips and you, you blow them up and say, well, look, look what's happening, when in reality it was a law enforcement movement. Agents are trained to use the uh, the reins to keep people away, not hit people with those reins, and nobody. And this training is training is sanctioned by the Homeland Security Department, which now says it's going to investigate it, right? This is training that they know is given to the agents, correct? Yes, this is a training module that they set up, um, that they go through and they approve. And even this administration, every single administration when they come in, they will look at all training that is being yep. given and they will, they will decide whether they want to continue on with the training. And this administration even decided that they would continue on with the training of using the reins um, to to keep people away from the horses for their own protection. Those stories that were in the media originally, the comments or the suggestions of the White House, they are factually wrong. Is that correct? It is. They, they, they are factually wrong. Yes. <laughs> and the White House knows that they're factually wrong. Wow. This is a this is an extraordinary moment just to hear this it makes me it makes my own blood boil to see my profession in in this sense um what do stories like this do to the morale and to the the good senses of all these amazing agents who by the way when when the media is not watching they're jumping into rivers to save people they're they're giving life resuscitation to people that get sick they're calling ambulances to help people even though they know they've broken the law legally entry the country our agents are always administering help doing rescuing what does something like this do to the morale of of the agents it makes the agents second guess any decision that they're going to make and that second guess could be a matter of life and death that second guess can be a matter of whether or not somebody escapes um, apprehension or not, which then could uh, could harm a United States citizen. So uh, again, we have to be we have to be confident in the split second decisions that we that, that we make on a daily basis. And any time that we're attacked in this manner, any time that we know now that we're, now we're going to be investigated by the Biden administration. So of course you know how that investigation is going to turn out. Um, you know, any any time that happens, we're going to be second guessing all of our actions. And when that happens, the American public is a, we can't secure the American public the way we want to. Mm. It's a crisis uh, that is self-made and also now self-sustaining. It seems like we're just doing everything to make it worse. What is it that the American public can do for the Border Patrol? What can Congress do? What can the Biden administration do? What needs to be done now to, to take stress out of a very stressed system? What we're doing right now is the first step. What your listeners need to do is they need to write letters. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't help at this point to write letters to Republicans. It's not going to help. Right. What's going to help is if they go and they write letters to their Democrat rep representatives. Um, this administration is not going to listen to any Republicans. 
they will listen to the Democrats. So as and, and we know that elected officials, the only thing they care about, they don't care about politics. They don't care about their party. They care about their reelection. That's what they care about. Um, and if they know that that they could potentially lose office because of their stance on policing, they will change that stance. And that's where we need the American public. We need the American public to stand up and tell the Democrats that they're wrong and have the Democrats push back against the White House. If that happens, we will secure the border again. Uh, that is such an important tactic. I don't think people realize how important that is. Their voice will be heard uh, if, if they if they make the effort. Brandon, on behalf of everyone at Just the News, we wish you a lot of safety, a lot of gratitude for everything you and the men and women of the Border Patrol do for us. And we're going to keep on top of this story. We're going to get that record corrected about that uh, story about the horses. That is just an out- outrage that's been allowed to stand in the public for 12 and 24 hours. But uh, please give our best to those who are giving their lives and their efforts every day to protect our border. We're, we're deeply grateful for them. I will do that. And and again, please, it's your listeners that can make a difference. So again, your listeners, please do all that you can. And again, I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's great to have the facts. They are a lot smarter because you came on the show. So thank you very much, sir. You have a great day. Uh, be safe. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Senator Ron Johnson, a friend of the show, here to talk more about the border. He is the man who got that letter out public last night that we broke here at Just the News from Chief Scott. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that and a whole lot more. But first, let's hear from our great sponsors and advertisers who, by the way, make this show and Just the News possible every day. We'll be right back. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. And I have a very special guest. He's been on this show many times. We're always so grateful because he brings news and uh, common sense to a city that's lacking both, at least honest news it's lacking. So joining us right now from the great state of Wisconsin is Senator Ron Johnson. Senator, great to have you on the show. Happy to be back, John. How are you doing? Uh, uh, doing well. What a what a crazy moment we're living in. And uh, just before we, we got on air here, you, you uh, shared with me this extraordinary letter from the former chief of Border Patrol and uh, his sentiments that he shared with the leadership of the Senate, I believe, on 9-11. I think they, the letter's dated 9-11. Tell us a little bit about this letter and why it so concerns you. Yeah, I don't think the letter was sent until uh, last Thursday. Not to dispute what you said, you called it a crazy moment. I think we are in a perilous moment. Uh, and of course, point. that's what uh, this letter from the, uh, the former chief of U.S. Border Patrol, uh, Mr. Rodney Scott, uh, sent to the majority and minority leaders of the Senate and the chairman of Homeland Security and the ranking member, apparently sent last Thursday. I just learned about it today. Uh, we're, we're, we're making it public. Um, but he's just raising the alarm bell. I mean, he, he retired. Uh, on August 14th, and 
he's writing a letter just talking about how the administration is lying to the American public. They're ignoring uh, advice from career uh, custom border patrol officers. Uh, they obviously ignored uh, the advice from the uh, outgoing administration in terms of what they need to do to keep the border secure. And right. he's laying out the as, as big a crisis as the illegal flow is and, and what that is going to do to our society. He is really focusing on the national security threat that many of us have been talking about, but uh, you know, again, it's, it's good that it's coming from such an authoritative source. Yeah. But the transnational criminal organizations, you know, the drug traffickers, the human traffickers, uh, there are such gaps in our border right now. And, and when they're having to take border patrol off of other parts of the border to surge them into places like Del Rio, you're just opening up huge areas where people can just flow through again. And, and, and if you think, that's what he's saying, if, if you don't think the transnational criminal organizations, terrorist organizations, aren't noticing this, aren't aware of it. He points out it was only 19 terrorists that uh, brought us 9-11. Yeah. Uh, so you know, many terrorist attacks are just one individual. It's certainly what I've been warning this administration as well uh, concerning the, the Afghans yep. that are coming over here that we have no idea who they are. We don't. We really don't. Nope. And about all we're, all we're really checking is, okay, we're doing biometric uh, collection, then we're checking that against our databases, but John, John, how many ISIS fighters, how many Al-Qaeda terrorists I think are on, are on our databases, they're really not going the extra miles, from what I can tell, of positively, positively IDing people, connecting them to the U.S. military personnel or government agencies that they worked with. I mean, they, they told us on this call today that uh, the vast majority of these, you know, the 124,000 people worked with the U.S. government. I asked on the call, well, how do you know that? I got no answer. So, so we're getting all, this, all these assurances from the administration. One, one thing that uh, uh, Chief Scott talks about in his letter is that the administration is just lying to Congress. They are yes. outright lying to Congress. And, of course, I've known that for quite some time. Um, but, no, this, this, is, this is a dangerous, this is a perilous moment in U.S. history to have such an enfeebled, unfit president uh, He's physically weak, and of course, all of his policies are just exuding weakness to our adversaries, and that invites aggression. That invites danger. It is stunning, and every security expert I'm talking to, whether they're from the CPB, the TSA, the FBI, I've talked to two dozen of them, and all of them say we are creating the perfect storm for another deadly terror attack. We've created chaos, we've overwhelmed people that can't do the security job, uh, we had a story over the weekend where the, the CPB put out an urgent call saying, you guys on the northern border, come south because we can't handle the crisis anymore, which means we're going to leave our northern border uh, exposed. And of course, that's where Mohammed Atta came into the country. He came through Canada. He didn't come through the southern border. So the, uh, it seems as though chaos and, and a lack of competence has put you know, put us on the brink of you know a really dangerous moment. You said perilous. I think that's the right moment. How do we stop this? It seems like Congress keeps raising concerns and the Biden administration just keeps doing the same on, same on. Well, from my standpoint, I've got a big bruise on my forehead, <laughs> knocking my head against the yes. wall. Yeah, but, but, you know, really, but all we can really do is expose it. And we do. And, you know, we, we try and go on as many uh, media outlets as possible to, right. to raise the alarm. You know, you know, you've seen my charts and graphs on, on the border. You've seen my charts and graphs when it comes to COVID. Uh, 
But when the mainstream media doesn't want to report it, let, let's face it, they are complicit. They are the enablers. They are the ones that, that, that did everything they could to make sure that a, a presidential candidate that wrote up campaign in his basement, whose son was connected, and quite honestly, I believe he was as well, through Biden, Inc., connected to all these foreign financial entanglements, this, this vast web that, as Tony Bobolinsky said, compromised this president. So it's that mainstream media that, that covered up that story, that enabled this presidency. And, of course, they'll never admit they're wrong. So they will continue to cover up for him. That's one thing that's for they, sure. <laughs> why is it only Fox News that has the drones down there on yeah. the border? Yeah. So why are they the only ones that are covering the border? That's of course, right. we're already moving past Afghanistan. I, I predicted quite some time ago. You did. That it would be a blink, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And soon it's going to be, you know, Joe Biden was a profile in courage, you know, going up against all this criticism and doing the right thing for America by, <laughs> by an, an embarrassing, humiliating surrender of Afghanistan and leaving American citizens behind. But the press, we can pretty well be assured that they will cover for him. It is remarkable. It's truly remarkable. And you did predict, I, I saw you predict this, uh, that the mainstream media would leave Afghanistan bat, uh, behind better than a, quicker than a bad dinner. It's just, it just remarkable. I want to talk about that drone moment because you sent a very important oversight letter last week asking why the government created this um, uh, security zone so we couldn't fly drones over and film the crisis that's been created, particularly at the Del Rio sector. Uh, do you see this maybe as a form of imposed censorship, a, a backhand form of censorship? Well, of course. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What else would it be? <laughs> there weren't security considerations there. Yeah. So no, you know, it was such an egregious it was. violation of the freedom of the press. Uh, that even the administration had it back down, and I think that drone is back up and it flying is, now. And, yep. You know, sending sending pictures back. But again, that's that's what the administration, their whole game plan has been. You know, when we went down there with uh, I think 18 of my colleagues, uh, and we started taking pictures inside. They the, tried to stop you, the, right? The Donov cell. You know, our our our, our administration minder. It was, just, it was exactly like when you're in communist China. You, know, you got you know you can't can't be taking a picture here. And we just, you know, we blew her off. Said, no, we're, we're a separate branch of government. The American people have a right to see this. And so that's why we got those first pictures. Yeah. But the administration's done a pretty good job of uh, clamping down on it. But again, they have the mainstream media not only in their back pocket, but propping this uh, president up. And so there's no way they're going to uh, expose all the, I mean, all the rolling disasters that is really the definition of this uh, administration. Yeah. Day one. You know, it's funny. I just came back from a trip from Texas and just talking to everyday people on, you know, on the weekend talk shows. Uh, a lot of the um, uh, folks were saying there's a crisis of confidence. People are losing confidence and, uh, and, cre and, and Joe Biden suffers from a credibility issue. And the most interesting I, th I think I heard from the real people in real life, you know, business people and, and moms and dads. It's not about uh, confidence. It's about competence. He's incompetent. They view his decisions as being incompetent. One of them said, listen, that incompetence would be fine if it just caused consequences in Washington, but it's causing consequences on my ranch at the border. I have people traversing my property that pose a danger to me. I see human traffickers. It's hurting me. Do you, do you think that this issue somehow seeps into, despite the mainstream media's funnel, that this becomes an election issue that really resonates with everyday uh, people? It, it has to. It better. You know, as Mark Levin points out in his book, America needs to awaken to the urgency of this moment. 
But listen, I, I've been out there for a long time saying that before the election that he was unfit for office. Yeah, you did. So as President Obama apparently said behind closed doors, do not underestimate Joe Biden's ability to fill in the blanket up. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and of course, you know, so President Obama realized it, but, but calling him incompetent, as accurate that is, it's not doing him really justice in terms of how bad this is. This, this is also the Democrats' policy prescriptions. Okay, so it was, it's not incompetence that uh, opened up our border. That's this right. is exactly what they said they were going to do. Ideological. They weren't yeah. going to deport people. They weren't going to build the fence. They were going to offer people free health care. So this isn't incompetence. This is their policy decision that they knew would lead exactly to this result. Now, what they weren't counting on is that even the mainstream media had to report it a little bit. And so words kind of getting out that this is a full-blown crisis and disaster. Uh, they didn't count on that. It's one thing I've always noticed about uh, Democrats. I remember Obama a couple times when the, when the press kind of called him, they, they sort of challenged him. He just looked shocked. Yeah. Like, well, you're, not, you're not supposed to be questioning that, me. That you're wasn't in my script. Go, <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to go after those dirty Republicans. I mean, yeah. come on, I'm a, de- hey, I'm a Democrat. Hey, yeah. you, know, you, can't, you can't call me out. Uh, so, again, they have that shield, which is why in, 20, in November 2022, we need to first, first and foremost sweep, and I mean sweep, Democrats from elected office. The other thing we have to start doing today is we need to stop facilitating the mainstream media and the social media. There are, like yours, just the news, there are conservative outlets. Use them. Stop using the radical left media outlets. Stop using them. Yeah, you know, but... we're, we're, we're you know, around half the country. Uh, it, it really amazed me as, as a former business person how stupid these, these you know, purportedly businesses are in terms of alienating half of their potential customer yeah. base. But quite honestly, they've gotten away with it for decades. Uh, that's got to end as well. So we need to sweep Democrats from office. We, we need to start really providing, really shrinking, not helping out these media organizations. It's an amazing thing. You know, you look even last week when, when the indictment came down on this guy, Michael Sussman, the lawyer that was part of the Hillary Inc. Uh, uh, Russia collusion joke or, or uh, a dirty trick. The original story, which was clearly designed to preempt it, was in the New York Times. And it had one of the most major facts wrong. It said declaratively in trying to make Michael Sussman look more like a victim than a, a defendant that uh, there had been uh, no evidence that he had charged the meeting that he met with the FBI when he delivered the dirt to the FBI, which turned out to be bogus dirt. No evidence he charged it to Hillary Clinton. The indictment comes out 24 hours later and it says he did charge the meeting. They can't even get basic facts wrong. I mean, listen, ideology is one thing, but at least they should get facts right. How many, and I guess in your, you've struggled a lot in your own, your own state with media getting things completely wrong about you. Is there an accountability factor that can, can be exacted in a 22 election against the media who get things wrong? We hope so. I think that's really what the election is going to be all about. Yeah. Truth versus lies. A group, a coalition assembled by President Trump that dearly loves this nation, that knows what made it great. And by the way, it's not big government. Yep. Versus those that would elect people that want to fundamentally transform America. And I always ask, do you, do you even like, much less love something you want to fundamentally transform? The analogy I use is I you know, wake up in the morning, look at my wife, Jane, and say, Jane, I love you, and I'm going to change everything about you. <laughs> um, so that, that's really, the, it really is. I mean, it's those, those two fault lines, truth yeah. versus lies. 
People that understand what made this country great are doing everything we can to preserve it for future generations. And those that will lie, distort, cheat, steal, I mean, they, they, they know no bounds. Uh, and they also want to remake America in the image of, I guess, the Soviet Union, Cuba, yeah. Venezuela. Uh, that doesn't seem very appealing to me. I, I, you know, again, they're all for equity. Right. But the only equity they're going to get is equal misery. Um, that's what they're starting to do. It's, it's just, you can hear people up and down the economic ladder saying, stop, don't do any more favors for me. You're hurting me. It's, uh, it's remarkable. I went through our, our site there, and you've had so many important oversight letters, letters that really raise important questions about the competence, decision-making, uh, and skills, and data that our government is, is using to make decisions. You had a great one about Senator about Dr. Fauci and, and why Dr. Fauci, the alleged uh, expert on all things infectious disease, the man who's run the COVID strategy for two years, doesn't know what to do about the fact that uh, people who have natural immunity, which the studies show may be 27 times more effective than a, a shot, doesn't know how to reconcile people who don't want to get a shot because they already have better natural immunity. How did we get to this point that that's our expert? Well, that's the $64,000 question. I, I can't answer why we did not robustly explore and then employ early treatment. Yeah. For every other disease, it's always about early detection, and we spent billions to detect COVID, uh, but then early treatment. That leads to better outcomes. But in the case of COVID, it's just like NIH guidelines literally do nothing. Do nothing until you're so sick, then go in the hospital, and then the only thing we really throw at you now is remdesivir costs 3000 bucks. Yep. And, and the, the random control study on that, they actually changed the outcome from deaths because it was doing nothing to reduce deaths, reduce a couple days in the hospital. So the way we've handled COVID, this pandemic, I believe is just insane. It makes no sense. It's all, it's, you know, all our eggs were in the vaccine basket. Yeah. And, you know, trust me, John, I was supportive of Operation Warp Speed. Right. I, I, I hoped and prayed, I still do. Yep. that the vaccines would be 100% safe, 100% effective. But the fact of the matter is they're not. And our health agencies aren't willing to be honest and forthright about that. Uh, I have no idea why, why they just assume, they assumed right from the beginning, that, well, natural immunity is not going to count. Why not? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's a marvel. I mean, as, I, as I've been connected to a global network of just the finest medical doctors and, and researchers, they've always been touting uh, natural immunity the way, the way it recognized the entire virus yeah. so that, you know, these variants, natural immunity is going to be much more effective at, at battling against any kind of variant. You know, SARS-1 is still effective against SARS-2, although it's 20% different. Yeah. So the, the, the vaccine is only focused on the spike protein and doesn't look like it's particularly effective in Delta. But yeah. unfortunately, we have to go to Israel and look at their data. We have to go to the UK and look at their uh, technical bulletins to get what's really happening. You know, we're still, we still have the mantra here that this is, a, this is a pandemic of the unvaxxed. Well, I'll tell you what, you take a look at the data out of Israel and UK mm -hmm. and you kind of go, uh, no, it's not. No, nope, it's not and at all. There's actually some, some pretty good uh, uh, intuitive comments made. When, you know, there's a study out of uh, Vietnam, for example. Uh, healthcare workers isolated in a hospital where the Delta variant was running wild, the people, you know, they all got the, not, I don't know, a lot of them got the infection, a lot of people fully vaccinated. The ones that got the infection, they were fully vaccinated. They found out they had 250 times the viral, viral load. load. Yeah. So 
Could it just be, now again, what science currently tells us is that the vaccine reduces symptoms, reduces death. Okay, let's, let's assume that's correct. Right. But if you walk around asymptomatic with 250 times the viral load, you're passing I mean, it are on. Are you a super spreader? Yeah. Is, is that what's happening here? <clears throat> and again, you, you take a look at the breakthrough cases out of Israel over the last couple months um, and out of the UK. Uh, this does not look like a pandemic of the unvaxxed. Uh, this looks like vaccine failure. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I, I get just slaughtered by talking about uh, uh, vaccine injuries, but we're up to almost 15,000 deaths, uh, over 5,000 of those deaths on the VAERS system occurring on day zero, one, or two. So, listen, I know that the VAERS system does not prove causation, but you know, when, you, when you read the VAERS reports, when you actually read the, you know, and they're so similar, and they're occurring on the day you get the vaccine or within day one or two, 35% of those deaths are occurring, you know, again, over 5,000. We have over 700,000 adverse events. And, of course, the other criticism of the VAERS is it dramatically understates adverse events, and yet our healthcare agencies, the administration, our medical establishment, it's because nobody wants to admit they were wrong. They've all been recommending the vaccine, so they sure don't want to admit that, well, gee, maybe, maybe we should have kept it to just the vulnerable, and maybe mass vaccination into, in the midst of a pandemic, although we were warned, trust me, I had all kinds of people saying, this is, you know, listen, support the vaccine, but let's administer it to the vulnerable, you know, the elderly, people with comorbidities, right. but vaccinating into a pandemic could be dangerous. I mean, you could have variants produce the evade uh, the vaccine, I think maybe that's what's happening with Delta. Again, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical researcher, but I talk to a lot of them. You do. And there are so many questions that, John, you can't even ask the questions. Because yep. I, I don't make pronouncements. I, I'm not qualified to make pronouncements. I can ask questions, but just by asking the questions. You get punished, don't by you? By pointing out the data, you know, I get labeled so fundamentally dangerous by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and all the other newspapers. I mean, above the fold headlines, so fundamentally dangerous. Just because I put an event that gives the vaccine injured, including a 12-year-old, now she's 13-year-old girl, little Maddie, yep. who is partially paralyzed, is in a wheelchair, can't eat. You know, she, she was part of the Pfizer drug trial, and they, she's just cast aside. Wow. But because I give them a form to tell the story, you know, I, I'm Mr. Dangerous, I'm the one spreading misinformation, I'm the one that gets censored by YouTube. There's something terribly wrong going on in this country today, and what it is, it's called liberalism. Radical leftism. That's what's going wrong. It's amazing. You, you talk about aiding and abetting. And of course, one of the things that the uh, far left agenda needs is more money because we're about to hit again uh, the debt ceiling. And I just want to ask you as in closing, I know you've always been one of the most important voices of fiscal reason in the, in the Senate. And there's not many left, even on the conservative side. People just seem to be content to spend whatever it takes to get a deal. Uh, how important is the debt ceiling vote and how do you think it will play out for the American public? Well, I have to give Leader McConnell credit very early on. He assessed the situation, realized that the Democrats' 100% partisan basis uh, passed the $1.9 trillion COVID relief. It'd be 100% partisan passing Bernie's 3.5 to $5.5 trillion addition to the deficit. Again, that's like six or seven or eight trillion dollars of spending and about three trillion dollars of tax increases. So Leader McConnell said, well, you guys are doing this on a partisan basis. You have the capability of passing an increase in the debt ceiling to accommodate all this deficit spending, so you're, you're going to have to do it on your own. So I followed his lead and asked my colleagues to put their signature where their mouth was, and so I got 46 out of 50 
Republican senator is signing a pledge right. that we are not going to vote to increase the debt ceiling. Democrats have the capability of doing it. They don't need one Republican vote, and we're not going to give them at least 46, and they would need uh, at least 10 of us to do it. So uh, they can do it on their own. They should do it on their own. The, the American people have to, they have to be held accountable for this massive increase in deficit spending and debt that they're contemplating. Yeah, it is a remarkable moment. I mean, we're about to hit $30 trillion in national debt larger than our GDP. It's it, it's almost unthinkable that in our lifetime we would hit that number, and we're about to blow past it if the Democrats get their way. It is remarkable. Senator, what's the most important thing that people don't have their eye on right now that we need to watch? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh John, I mean, there, there's just so much. I, I would kind of like to quick go back to Michael uh, Sussman. Yes. Because I didn't comment Please. on that. You, you mentioned uh, you know the New York Times covering for him. Well, he yep. didn't pay, get paid. In that indictment, it's 27 pages long, there's, I don't know, like a dozen times the FBI lays out what Michael Sussman did yep. that he got paid for. I mean, he was obviously working on behalf of the Hillary Clinton uh, uh, campaign. Unequivocally. And so so the, 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 the Steele dossier, that was a product of Democrats, and there's, there's Russian disinformation bought and paid for by uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign. You had this effort with Alpha Bank, and, and of course, there's a big, there's a big yawning out there. So, you know, I could talk about EMP threat and GMD and things that really scare your audience. But let, let's focus on what is a true threat to our democracy. And it, it literally is a, a one-party state, which is what the Democrats want. And when you've got the, the Democrats, you've got the media, you've got the social media, you have our university system, you have our education system, you control our culture. And, and they, are, they are all run by radical leftists. That are on this, that have put us on this path toward Marxist socialism, and that, that's why I'll maybe conclude with what Mark Levin, what he says in his book *American Marxism*: We must awaken to the urgency of the moment, or we will lose this country. This is a hinge hinge point. This is dangerous for our democracy. I I, I can't believe we got three and a half more years of this guy, but we, we've got two and a half more years with them in full control and power. Uh, I'm, I am highly concerned, and I'll tell you, a lot of people are, certainly back in Wisconsin. The, the audiences are large, they are enthused, they are concerned. Uh, I, I think the Democrats will pay a significant price. I hope we do sweep them from power in 2022. Are you going to be part of that sweep? <laughs> I have to ask. You haven't yet. Yeah, I know a lot of people are watching that. Such an important one. Well, sir, thank you for all you do. Your, your letters are so important. Every time we get one, we realize what an important issue there is that you're raising. You have an ability to get to the bottom of something and really get the right question in front of the American people. And we're so lucky for that. And I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you for all your efforts. I mean, you, you know you know how good an investigator you are and you're, you know, you're doing a great job with Justin News. So thank you for what you do. Thank you, sir. And we're going to get you back on the show again. I hate to keep imposing, but we always get great news when you come aboard. <laughs> so thank you. Happy to do it. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All righty. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back to wrap things up in just a second. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful that you can join us. So grateful that two people who know a lot of facts, not spin, not opinion, not bogus innuendo like we get in the news media so often. Two people who know the facts, Brandon Judd, the president of the National Border Patrol Council and himself a Border Patrol agent, and Senator Ron Johnson, a key member of the Senate Homeland Security Committee and the ranking member, the top Republican on the permanent subcommittee on investigations, one of the most powerful bodies in Congress. All of this is why we have this show. It's why we do Just the News, so you can get facts and you make up your own mind. You heard some pretty amazing facts today, particularly Brandon Judd's repudiation of the White House and the news media for reporting a false story. This is false. Those were not whips that were being used against migrants by the Border Patrol agents on the horses. They were the reins that control the horses, and it is part of the standard training of the Border Patrol agent to use those reins and to twirl them to keep people away so that they don't get hurt by the horses. Apparently, it's used in many horse police training capabilities. You didn't hear that from the media. Instead, you got a false story demonizing police once again in the news media and in there. We're going to make sure that the American public knows that. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Thank you for joining us. Two great guests. We're thankful to both. We're thankful for you, for all you do to support Just the News. If you want to get a subscription, every dollar that comes in from a a monthly subscription at Just the News goes to support our reporting. It's only $5 a month, $44 a year. You can go to justthenews.com slash subscribe and do that. We'll put every penny towards adding reporters and content to make our site more robust and to better serve you. We're grateful for that. Another way you can help is by always supporting our great advertisers and sponsors. You know them all. They're tremendous. My good friends at Kansas City Steak, forever grateful. Bambi, the incredible HR service. Annie's Kit Club, one of my all-time favorites. The Donor Trust, a brand new sponsor that is allowing and empowering people to make a difference with their charitable money without having to spend day and night thinking about it. They do the work for you. They support your values. Those are just some of the many, many, many great sponsors that Just the News and John Solomon Reports has. We're so grateful. We hope you can also support them. Two ways you can help us continue our mission to be honest brokers in the journalism space. Until tomorrow. May God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States of America, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. See you tomorrow.